0: I suppose,
1: I suppose that's what (laughs) we'll do. Hello and welcome everyone! Uh, we are down one ninbins due to, I would assume, technical issues. Um, but the show goes on anyways. I'm not gonna say it must go on because, eh, um, sometimes it doesn't have to. Uh, but thank you for joining us, all of you in chat. Uh, anyone watching the VOD, thank you for joining us as well. And uh as always, this episode of Beacons is brought to you by Sirenscape for the soundboards. No, it is not brought to you by Rice Krispies. (laughs) Not officially, but I mean if they want to. If they want to hit me up. Um (laughs) We'll make that the official show snack. Why not? Uh THC says Uncrustables as well, maybe. Yeah. Um But that said, uh It's brought to you by Sirenscape for the soundboards, which you'll hear a bit of throughout the show, and also by RPG Hour Studios, who are always wonderful and constantly producing these episodes, and so on and so forth. Now, before we get started, I would like y'all to introduce yourselves. So we'll go in order, um, in overlay order, Sin, Rainy, and Roro. Uh,
0: this is a poor choice. An absolutely poor choice. However, hi, my name is Sinziek i am a variety streamer mostly a play story driven games and multiplayer games for shenanigans on mondays and tuesdays around here you can also find me on twitter ranting at racist and misogynistic people and or talking about game design and world building because that's the kind of stuff that we enjoy around here and also um, today i am playing Rue, who is our um, teleporting and somewhat displaced um, ball of shenanigans. Um, that being said, my pronouns are he/him. Bruce's pronouns are he and they. And now back to Bob at the radio station. What's going on there, Bob?
2: <laughs> I mean, I had to tell you, but uh, Bob's out. Hi, I'm Rainy. You can catch me at Twitch.tv slash <laughs> RainyKeys. Uh, Rain Keys on Twitter and just got done with a traditional art stream, so if you do decide to check out my um, uh, Twitch channel, that'll be the most recent bod. I was painting a four, four-piece panel <laughs> thing for a senior exhibition because that's just me. Hi, I also play Alyssa Vesper. Uh, she is our masked archer and, you know, general... I talk to the dead don't really bother with the living kind of vibes, and, uh, both of our pronouns are she, her, and now on to, I guess,
3: Jim with the weather? Of all the names, really? Okay. Well, instead of Jim, you get Monroe. Hi, there, I'm (laughs) an artist and a game designer. Uh, My pronouns are he, they, interchangeably. Um, You can find me on Twitter at MunroRow98, doing whatever I'm in the mood for that day, and uh, I'm playing Danica, the pyromancing uh, glassblower, whose pronouns are she, they, interchangeably.
1: And last but not least, I am the mastermind of replacing all of your boring old newscasters with all of my various non-white queer friends. Every single one of them is used
0: okay. Every (laughs)
1: single one of them is (laughs) used yes. Uh, I am Eric, aka Eldritch Crow. I use he, him pronouns, and I'll be your narrator for the day, as usual. So, let's get into a bit of a recap, shall we? Last time, our heroes, question mark, uh, managed to discover that Zero Dark Fang, (laughs) leader of their expeditionary force, stole the crystal from the Twin Creeks Beacon and allowed the Horde attack on the town to happen. With some creative applications of magic and channeling a few spirits, they all managed to summon Zira's ancestors, including, uh, well, ancestors and past younger sibling. To admonish her for her particular betrayal. The party was appalled to discover that Zira had done it in order to earn a bit of recognition, and that a figure with fiery hair and the ability to dreamwalk had set Zira up to take the fall. They bound her in chains, and arrived back at the brink, which is the split fort on the edge of the shattered plateau. Now, we hand-waved this a bit last session, but... It is assumed that y'all used a bit of dreamwalking to retrieve the crystal that had been hidden in her particular portion of the dream realm. And you handed her over to Para Darkfang, her older sibling and leader of the Guardian Corps, for... Well, punishment. Para has officially disowned Zira as a result of last uh, session and has ordered her brought back to Crestfall to complete her sentencing with the rest of the luminaries of the Gleam Wardens. And you oh, have Para all. Para the...
0: said take the nameless last week. Lord have mercy.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Take the nameless
1: And now we open up with Para effectively asking you all to be part of the escort. Back to Crestfall. You are all Those of you that are members of the Gleam Wardens, at least, are all, um, set to take a bit of a break after this expedition, so you'll be kept on the plateau, and able to take jobs if you feel like it for the Gleam Wardens, but you don't have to. Um, and since Para knows you're heading back, you've been asked to do this particular job of, uh, making the delivery, so to speak. So, You are all currently at the brink. Crestfall is only about a day away. It's a very short, um, travel. So, it's up to y'all. Is there anything you'd like to do before leaving the brink?
0: Can I finally get that takoyaki I was looking for? (laughs) Uh,
1: I mean, the food cart vendor would have come with you, so yeah, probably.
0: that's it that's, um, i'm good i'm also <laughs> noting a certain lack of disappearing and that probably means i'm still quote unquote on vacation
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh for the purposes the for the purposes of this session we'll say that uh barry is requested by some of the uh engineering corps and is off doing work for the quartermaster mm-hmm. um
0: well I don't know anything about Prison Detail, so I'm just going to go do something else. But if you need me, I'm pretty sure you'll know how to find me.
1: Okay, fair enough. Uh, yeah. As as for Prison Detail, um, Danica or Alyssa, since you two are the members of the Gleam Glean Wardens that are sort of taking point on this, uh, a cart is brought out that has a jail cell built into it. As one would expect and uh, it's being led by a, a couple of donkeys you know they, they aren't quick but they are sturdy and can pull that sort of thing can i before we uh, this could be at
3: any point can i look for para
1: yeah um the brink is a pretty standard built fort with the exception that it is split between the lower portion and the upper portion with the elevator so you kind of head around and you can find, uh, Para sitting basically in his office, for now, let me. word.
0: Let me, if I understand correctly, we're kind of at the top of a plateau, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this area is relatively flat, yes? Mm-hmm.
3: mm-hmm.
0: Okay, cool. What's the tallest point here?
1: Uh, the tallest point would be the wall of the brink.
2: I was okay. gonna say probably, like, one of the guard towers on the brink wall. Would be a little bit taller because of the canopy to shade from the sun
1: basically
0: well i mean i might not want the shade though but i appreciate no, no,
2: the no. i was thinking like the tallest point as in you being on top of the canopy tallest point because it's only marginally taller but you you find your perch I would like to. you want to find your perch
0: i would i would like to be there
1: okay you are on top of one of the guard towers, and you can see sort of this sprawling expanse below you. Um, it is still fairly early in the morning, so down below you can see that there's a layer of mist coating the ground for sure. It gives everything below you a slight hazy quality, almost like you're at an even greater distance. Uh, I don't know if Rue has any issues with heights. Um, um No. Okay. Uh, you, you can imagine that more than a few of the refugees you've brought up are having a good sense of vertigo, seeing this scene from above.
0: Oh, okay. So it's pretty high up is what you're trying
1: to say. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It
0: gives me, it gives me a nice solid vantage point for basically anything. So, you know, if, um, I have a WandaVision moment, at least I'll be able to see the whole city and know where things are. And that's the important thing.
1: Mm-hmm. So if you're looking off to the east, which is, um, or probably more be northeast now that I think about it, um, the brink is sort of on the, like, the southwestern, uh, edge of the plateau. And so you can look west and you can see, um, where previously, last episode I mentioned, sort of that darkened citadel that seems to be eating light off in the distance towards the center of the continent. From here, you can also see, with a bit of extra height you have, um, the edge of a desert to the kind of southwest. To the north, you can see what appears to be a mountain spewing ash. And, um, to your east, you can see the starts of a town and this very, very bright Borealis light coming from the center of it.
0: Hmm, okay. Some pretty interesting things up here. Very dramatic.
1: It it varies. Um. So, Rue, you're camped out up there. Danica, you wanted to go find Para.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Para is currently. Um, yesterday, you saw Para in basically like his war gear. Like he was wearing his armor, and he was completely decked out. He had his hair back. Today, he appears to be more um, focused on some of the bookkeeping for the keep. Uh, He's doing a bit of paperwork. He has his hair tied back. You can see the two spiraling um, what look like almost elk horns or deer horns coming up and then curling back a little bit. You can see he's got his cat-like eyes and he is just in sort of very loose, slightly open shirt that has the cuffed sleeves and uh, just sitting behind his desk a very simple and sparse office, for sure.
3: Okay, I'm gonna kind of walk, like, not quite in the room yet, but I'm just gonna, like, knock on the side of the entrance.
1: Ah. Danica, come in. Is there something you need?
3: Uh... Well, I was just wondering, um... Do you know where my sister stationed? At the moment?
1: Uh, Give me a moment Uh, Ro, did you name your sister? Yeah, Leona Leona, thank you very much for that reminder He just says um, Leona, and he shuffles some papers around And you can see he's going through sort of the current Assignments that are out currently And he just says uh, Leona's on escort for the Supply run back to Crestfall. You might run into her on the way back But I wouldn't expect it
3: Okay. Um thank thank you sir. And um This probably isn't what you want to hear, but I would it I'm sorry.
1: He kind of sits back in his chair a moment and you can see that there's a point where that grief comes back into his face and he just says um I appreciate the sentiment it will take some time but I'll be alright
3: and I kind of just take it like let out a deep sigh and just bow and thanks and turn around and leave
1: he just nods goes back to his paperwork um Alyssa how are you spending your morning at the brink do you think
2: probably in the medical ward
1: okay you do notice that uh, there are a few minor injuries that come in from the refugees for the most part the injuries here are a bit more long-term people who have come back from scouting expeditions that were wounded and so on so whatever healing you can give, uh, is appreciated, for sure. And, uh, while you're working, a voice just says, You always take me to the most lovely places.
2: You know, if you were to really complain, I could just leave you
1: Nice try. We both know you wouldn't.
2: Keep on testing me and we might.
1: There's no flickering image, but... you definitely get the sense within your head that, uh, they are smirking at you.
2: Alyssa just shakes her head as she's probably- as this conversation probably happens while she was, uh, just Running to the back, getting some more bandages and cleaning out some bedpans and the like.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you all go about your days. Rue, fortunately, you don't experience any other visions. Unfortunately, you're still here. Oh. <laughs> uh-huh even by the time you finish your meditation. You kind of quirk one eye open hoping.
0: Oh, like this point, I've just kind of resigned to it. This is very much the, like, when you say is Rue in the middle of downtime, is that what Rue's doing? The thing that I need you to picture is, laying in a field or lying in a tree or laying back on a roof and either watching the clouds go by if it's daytime or people watching if it's afternoon or watching the stars at night if it's nighttime like it's just i'm i'm out here and just observing things fair enough There will probably be feels related to that later but we're not here for that today
1: in your shall we say observations, you would see the cart with the jail cell built into it get pulled out to the front of the brink with a lone figure bound in chains inside. Now, I would assume Danica, Alyssa, and probably a few other Gleam Bordens actually are going to be rotating on watch for this and driving the cart and things like that because many of the refugees are also going with you all. Zira is just considered a priority at this point.
0: I'm, I'm assuming there is the, uh, that these two, um, speaking of Danica and Alyssa, would know how to find me if they needed to.
1: I would assume so. Yeah. So which one of you would go to find Rue, is my question. Would probably. either of you find Rue, or would this just happen as like a random arrow thuds into the stone next to Rue's head? No,
2: actually, Alyssa would. It. No, Danica would Danica go too. Mark. No, oh, I guess Danica would go. But like at, as Danica leaves, Alyssa would probably just like mark where Rue is, write something down, tie it to an arrow, and just let it go.
1: Okay. I'm not going to make you play a check for this because it's just funny. Um, Rue, you're sort of sitting there peacefully and you hear the little And next to you, embedded in what is basically the mortar between two stones, is one of Alyssa's arrows with a small <laughs> note tied to it. All of
2: that is on the, uh, message is Danica's coming to get you. <laughs>
3: Danica's so in her own head, she wouldn't even notice anything. She would just keep going. No, it would
2: zip right past
0: Danica, too. Ah, okay. Well, I suppose let's have some fun with this. And I would kind of stand up on the tower, stretch my arms out real wide, kind of, you know, stretch a little bit, and then turn around. And uh, just fall backward off the tower, plummeting toward town.
1: Okay, so Danica, you get up to the top of the tower. somewhat Wait, like
0: how did you did you climb up to the top of this tower looking for me? Yeah, yeah,
3: that's what i was saying. A- Danica is coming
2: to get you. Is she I don't know what.
0: I don't know how, like, it's one of those, I don't know how soon the arrow arrives versus how long it takes for Danica to get there, so I am assuming that prob- Danica is
2: going- It probably gets there right before, like, a good three to five minutes before Danica gets up there due to the get- speed and the fact that Alyssa is fighting an uphill, so yeah. she would have to aim, like, super high into the air to get there.
1: Also just pointing it out too, Danica has to go upstairs.
0: Yeah. Well, it's one of those things where depending on when the arrow gets there, if I see this, and I'm just like, well, okay, and I'm just gonna immediately fall off the tower. Does Danica not at any point see this lone figure streaking toward the ground from one of these towers before they <laughs> before she goes? Let me climb the stairs. Surely that's not Rue. Who would be doing this?
1: No, no, no. There's there's a point where Danica sees you, except it's out the window of the tower, uh, about a third of the okay. way up.
3: Yeah, so, I was gonna be like I'm probably like a quarter of the way up or halfway up, and I was yeah, just like, like,
1: not that okay, so not lady, that far, but still, you know, you've already done like one or two flights of stairs. Yeah.
0: So by then, it would just be Danica just watching, like it would be like one of those dramatic things where it's just like wind. Obviously, I'm like falling down at an accelerated rate, and then there's this slowdown where it's kind of like Danica going, "Wait, is that?" And I'm just yep, excited. I'm like. Toward the ground, then, then I would like to use limits at like the relatively last moment because listen, I don't actually want to die, but you know.
2: I mean, timing your timing your fall, anyways, with your limits at the almost last moment is better than at the um, you know uh, earliest moment because you would still have to fall the rest of the distance from your port.
1: So, so. correct. So, I, I actually imagine this funny moment of Rue is falling upside down, so the peace sign is upside down as he passes uh, Danica on the way down, but then you use your liminence and your teleportation basically spits you out right side up on the ground doing a peace sign in front of Alyssa.
2: <laughs> I have a question, did Rue bring the arrow back?
0: You have really nice handwriting.
3: Thank you. This is the moment. As much as Danica's in a brain fog for a split second, she has enough thoughts to just be like, Do I need to learn how to fly now? <laughs>
1: I love it.
2: <laughs> I love it.
1: We love it. Now,
0: so, moments, so, moments later, when Danica comes downstairs.
1: Uh, Danica, I imagine is slightly out of breath from taking the stairs, like, multiple at a time at this point. Yeah. Um, but also, I want to point out that, like, there were a bunch of people prepping to leave, so there's, like, dozens of people that just saw RuPaul this stunt. <laughs> like, something out of a circus. And
2: that very cool handoff to Alyssa, as <laughs> mm-hmm. well. Just, like, that just very... I just want to point out how weird this is for Alyssa to be like just this cordial. And Rue is the only person she's been this cordial to in this performance.
1: And uh as Danica walks up, you just see the very bushy eyebrowed Eustace brought up to you, Rue, and he just says How did you do that without breaking your knees?
0: Practice, my good sir.
1: Practice. He just, like, pauses a second and he just says, I never known teleportation magic to kill momentum. That breaks some physics.
2: The is very calmly. Because you don't know the right kind of teleportation.
0: I just... Did- Eustace, you are a very interesting one, knowing these things about physics and falling. That, that practice came with also having to learn a bit of physics to not break a bone. Have you tried doing this before?
1: He he just looks at you and he says, Nope, I've had friends.
0: sounds like you have some very interesting friends you sis. i would like you to tell me about them one time yeah, i'm Maybe sure they'd know. like
1: me to talk about them too
0: so there was an there was an arrow with a note attached to it very i guess classic assassin vibes i would say but um what was the occasion
2: speed
1: and then Uh it just walk off that woods not much for talking is she
0: um not unless she's holding a whole bunch of feathers she talks a lot at those times
1: well all right if you need a cot to ride in on the way to crestfall you're more than welcome
0: I might be taking you up on that, if you would not mind.
1: That's entirely up to you.
0: Danica. The note said you were here to come and get me, so for what reason? Oh, oh honey, breathe for a moment. Breathe deeply in your nose, out through your mouth. <sighs>
3: we're good
0: we're uh, we're gonna go <clears throat> uh wait where wait do we have to go somewhere i thought this is where we were supposed to be oh wait have they drafted us into doing something else
3: no. i don't think you technically <clears throat> have to come with us? I don't think so.
0: But you're here anyway, probably with the question. Does that question somehow sound like, would you mind going anyway?
3: (laughs) Yeah, she, she does laugh and she's like, well, I mean, your company's most valued.
0: I will only agree to this if you provide snacks.
3: that
1: my pack of, like, trail mix. I've got dates if you want them. I
0: think that'll do from both of you. I'm pointing the last bite of a kebab that I've been chewing at the
1: top of the tower to both of them. Rue, it is probably at this point that you notice something a little bit odd. Mm-hmm. You are, like, when I say that the plateau is high up, I mean, like, imagine... ...heights equivalent to the wall from Game of Thrones.
0: I don't know that's point of reference, so I'm just going to use the Empire State Building.
1: Uh, probably a solid half, the three quarters. Okay. So... ...you... ...with your particular skills and knowledge of wind magic and air... ...you should be having trouble breathing right now. But the atmosphere this high up is... ...fine. In fact, it's almost perfectly temperate as well. Hmm. And it's just something you notice from the quick change in elevation that you just experienced, that you're not breathing heavily or anything like that. Hmm. So, with that, uh Zira is bound in chains inside this jail cell, looking a bit like a disheveled Azula. Um
3: is it still the chains I
1: melted? It is still probably. the chains you melted because they couldn't get them off. Because uh, you melted
2: them, which was a good 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 choice. Didn't have to didn't have to give them a chance to actually, you know, let her out to
1: and then, redo the chains. And then on the other side they realized that your choice of melting the chains was probably better than using a lock that she could pick and therefore escape from. So it was genuinely the best way to go about it. Uh so Zera is just sort of sitting there quietly, and she's bound in a way that she can sit comfortably, so that she's not like losing feeling in any of her limbs or whatnot. Um, but she is just sort of leaning up against some of the bars, staring, kind of thousand-yard stare esque at the brink, as you all start to head out. Mm-hmm.
2: Actually, Alyssa would just knock against the cage as she goes to take, uh, take the reins of the donkeys and just very, sort of, eerily, just, Welcome to the road, sister. And take, and take the reins and just snap the donkeys into motion with the rest of the train.
1: Zero just gives kind of a dark chuckle and... Danica, you would be in earshot for this. You would hear Zero just say under their breath, Siblings cast such deep shadows.
0: Sorry, what was that?
1: Siblings cast such deep shadows. And Danica... Mm. Quietly, you'd know this is a dig at you. Zero knows you well enough.
3: Okay. At this point, um, what time of day is it? It's
1: about noon. By the time all the preparations are complete.
3: It's bright, cool, then I'm gonna put on my goggles, which are these kind of brass, metal, um... The glass is tinted, this dark amber, so it almost looks black. They have like some micros,
2: blowers goggles, not um, blowers goggles,
3: and um, they have some microscopes on them. But um, just gonna put them on so no one can see my eyes because they're so dark. People with normal vision can't see through them. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to walk away for now. No one can see me
0: cry. Hey, Danica, where are you going?
3: Um, I'm, um, just, just, just away. I've, um, I need to, uh, think for a bit, for a while, away, just away, just walking.
0: Hmm. Well, okay, but don't get lost out here because if you do, there's absolutely no hope for me. (laughs)
3: i'll um i won't be far i uh i
0: promise you know here i'm going to do something a little unusual have this um i give her um my um i give her my
1: practice sword interesting Uh,
3: uh, um. Thank you. Um. Why? You don't
0: worry about it. When the and when you need the answer to that question, you'll know what the answer is. Okay. How about you?
1: From off in the distance, you can hear uh, a very joyful Eustace just singing very off key some road travel song Ooh. that he knows.
0: Oh Take me home cut road. Basically. To the uh, now I need to adjust.
1: Give me one I minute to adjust our
0: overlays. West Virginia?
3: Virginia.
1: <laughs> boo, boo, boo. Quick move things around.
0: Mm-hmm. Not used to sounding like an old version of Toad.
1: Oh, no. No. We have it in bins. But also, my okay. cropping is now messed up. Oh, no.
2: oh, it's fine. We can fix it live. Welcome back, Barry.
1: We're doing a live. Do do do. <laughs>
0: So while we're doing these things, allow me to say that um, for the people of the stream, recently, uh, thanks to some commissions and some work by none other than the one known as Dyer or Basilisk online, if you happen to have Twitter, we now have art for all of our characters. And that might mean um, that this will be things that you will see coming up later in a stream at some point or on some of our advertisements or Twitter materials, or even on the starting and ending screens or what have you. So, um, be on the lookout for those as we got approved to do all of those things.
1: Mm -hmm. And in fact, I've had our character cards running on the overlay. So people have already been able to see (laughs) them, which is quite nice. Um, we will probably retrieve, have another ninbins appear. So I'm going to leave the overlay, the mess that it is currently. And we will fix it when ninbins reappears.
2: Potentially. We're trying to make sure everything good.
1: Yes. So we're okay. just going to. What? Are we
0: gonna I will, I, I will do with, I will do things with the comms.
1: Thank you, sir. Thankfully, I can just kind of, oh, no didn't want to move the caption box. I wanted to move that box. There we go. All right. We're good for now. We'll leave it as is. Um, That said, uh, travel goes fairly uneventfully. Um, As you're going across sort of these um, hilled plains, we'll say, um, you all encounter some creatures, but they aren't much in terms of, like, a fight or anything like that. In fact, a few of them are mostly just, like, they're floating plants, almost like balloons, and honestly, you're able to just let them pass on by or push them out of the way without much trouble. Um, you do see a couple of what look to be horses off in the distance, though none of you know how they got up here. Um, there's just Alyssa
2: just, like, stares and just...
1: Barbarons. Probably. And so, uh, there are a variety of creatures you see along the way. It hits about nighttime, and you all have to pause because it's still not quite safe to travel in the dark, so it's safer to just group up, you know, start a couple campfires and rest for the evening. Um, here we go. How are
4: we now? Yay! Better. Yes! Okay, okay, yeah, you can hear. Bucket.
1: We
2: appreciate you. Welcome back to the land
4: woo.
1: I just Thank need you. to... Uh, I,
4: I woke up like two hours ago and my monitor died.
1: Oh no. So I've been
4: running around my house trying to find an alternative and I just used my TV.
1: Oh, it's a good idea.
4: I
3: students, I guess <gasps> I'm
4: guess. incredibly large,
2: so large I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean... uh, Nins, in case you weren't listening uh, we did uh, we, we are on the road on the way back to Crestfall uh, Barry was requisitioned by the quartermaster and the rest of the engineering corps to just help out with stuff at at the brink and I think that's about it
1: this is okay. such an odd little shuffle to do uh, we have oh. left off with you all escorting Zira uh, who, and is we're currently, count- yeah, who is currently uh, in a jail cell that is part of a cart. Um, so on and so forth.
3: So.
2: Got a pair of new headphones?
3: Yep.
1: Technology is fun that way.
2: Uh, it, it, it fits with the model. We'll do it live.
1: Yep, we're doing it live. So. That said... uh, Night falls, and you get to all see very bright stars above you. But for the first time in a while, those of you who were out in the Expedition Corps, and possibly for the first time ever, Rue, you get to see the Aurora Borealis. But not quite as you would expect it. You can actually see... That it is almost, it's not crossing the sky, it is coming up like a fountain. From the origin point of that bright light you saw from the top of the brink earlier.
0: Hmm. So basically there's light pouring out of a point that I saw at the brink earlier.
1: Yeah, so when you were looking off towards the town of Crestfall, you saw that bright kind of light And now, as night has fallen, you can see it spouting up into the air and the northern lights cascading forth from it, I guess you could say.
0: Hmm. Interesting. It's nice up here. I think everybody's going to like being able to live up here. Also, surprisingly, the air is not especially thin. That's nice. mm
1: hmm now sorry i'm just checking my notes so in the evening is there anything anyone would like to do particularly with regards to your own downtime in the evening with regards to any dream shenanigans that i would like to know about uh that you feel the need to inform me of etc etc
0: i would like to talk to zero would there be dream shenanigans? I don't think there will be any from me today. Unless y'all drag me into some.
1: <laughs> Understandable.
2: Alyssa's Melissa, making her tent her tent far far out from the uh, firelight, as usual.
1: Do us a favor and yeah. tilt your camera up a little bit. We're missing about half of your oh, face. Yeah. There we go lovely um so no dream shenanigans unless other players choose to cause them uh danica yep zira is not asleep she appears to be head tilted back looking up at the sky much akin to the way rue was earlier just watching the lights and i
3: just walk up to the um ...to her cage. And I just... You know, I'm nothing like you.
1: No, I suppose you aren't, but ...circumstances. I heard your sister's vying for a spot in the Big Three. And she just kind of holds her head towards you. Were you? Away? Yeah.
3: And she got she's getting there on her own merit, not hurting people.
1: Hmm. Hmm. I suppose. And yet hearing you are. Saving two hundred people, diving into the fire as always, and yet, you know, get all the recognition as usual. Because
3: recognition doesn't matter to me.
1: She just finally locks eyes with you, and she just says. If that were true, then why are you trying to convince me? Maybe you should be talking to a mirror, not a jail cell. You say hello to Leona for me. I hear her and Charla are in, are in a bit of a competition lately. You would know the big three, and specifically Charla, are the top three guardians under Para. And they are, uh, to explain, these top three are not allowed to take jobs for the Wardens in populated areas because their particular abilities lend themselves to collateral damage. So they are mostly sent out to do exterminations.
3: I would say, watch me, be better, but, um, that depends on how long you last now, doesn't it? And before I go, I'm going to just touch the bars she's leaning on, and get them nice and toasty. Hmm. And then walk away.
1: Red or black?
2: Black. Pro- Crow did warn us there were NPCs prepped.
1: It's a spade. Plus a
3: witch's intuition.
1: You do hear a little bit of a sizzle and she shifts uncomfortably. You also smell a bit of singed hair.
0: Sin, you're muted. Say, well you know what they say about betting on black, you should.
1: Not wrong. Not wrong. Uh, so. Morning comes. Again, uneventful. And you all should reach Crestfall within about midday. Once again, we're going to take this from a bit of Roo's perspective, because you're the newcomer to the plateau. The last really interesting thing you'll notice is the closer you get to Crestfall, Rue, you would expect that light to get brighter, to almost be unbearable. But it doesn't. In fact, it seems to get dimmer and more comfortable as you get closer.
0: What a strange place.
1: You also hear in the distance a little boom. And you look over and one of the kids has accidentally gone and popped what are known as bomb spores. And, uh, they effectively inhale hot air to keep themselves afloat and move around. Um, but one of the kids was messing around, uh, poking one with a stick and popped it accidentally. And Alyssa, you probably have to do a little bit of, uh, medical work on them because they look a bit like they ran face-first into a cactus. Um, just because these things do have cactus-like needles, unfortunately. And then one of the parents... Then announces to the children that they won't be playing with the bomb spores anymore.
2: <laughs> Alitha just very softly, as she is tending to the child. mistake again, or else you're always going to be the one that everyone else will what not?
1: Oof! <laughs> and a little <laughs> kid, like you noticed, kid, doesn't even shed a tear. There is a very high pain tolerance for this one. And they're just like, eh, eh, eh As, like, all the needles are getting pulled out. Yeah. And you move on. Zira keeps her mouth shut for the rest of the trip. And appears to grow a little bit more tense as you get back to Crestfall. Now, the town itself... Is interesting. It is a town of about 5,000 people, which, you know, to us may not be very large, but still a fairly decently sized city for this continent. But the odd thing about it is all of the buildings are at most two stories. Pardon me. And you notice they are new stone built on top of old stone, and there are half-crumbled pillars scattered along the roads. And from what you all can tell in the history of this place, it was at one point a city built within a cave system in this mountain. And then the cave system was obliterated when the crystal struck. And so it left ruins of the city behind. And Crestwall has been built up on top of those ruins and built into those ruins. So some of the stones of these houses are old enough to have cracks and moss growing between them. And then they've been patched up by pieces of wood and other pieces of stone as well. You see in the center of this city... ...is a very large... ...sapphire faceted crystal. The beacon of Crestfall. However, it is about three stories tall. And it comes to a lopsided point because part of it has been sheared off at a diagonal. And there are hairline cracks like a spider's web moving across it that refract light into the day sun. It's a beautiful sight. And as you all get to the edge of town, a cry goes up. And all of a sudden, the street lamps come on despite it being midday, and music starts playing, and a celebration begins. Because the town, one, is happy to have the clean board and expedition back, but two, recognizes newcomers when they see them, and know that those newcomers are here for a dark reason, and so their welcome should be brighter from where they left. Town is bright and bustling. There are whispers that go up when people see Zira in the jail cell and that cell is taken to the center of town. Where you see the town squares built up around the crystal and there is what's known as the Triune House, um, which is basically a longhouse slash a council building. Um, and you can all basically just see that going off food carts are brought out some of the taverns open their doors um the marketplace is not really hawking its wares but is actually like going to the refugees and saying hey what do you need you look like you need a new shirt you look like you need some new clothes you look like you need you know any amenities they can spare are being spared Next to the Triune House is um, basically the Warden Barracks. Wardens who don't necessarily have their own place to stay can go there, and you see a bunch of them flood out and welcome their old friends back, and that's where most of the whispers about Zira come from. Zira is led out of the Jail Cell and into the Triune House immediately.
2: As Zira's, like, as Alyssa probably helps the Zira's escort into the Triune House, she just like gives her a look. Any
1: last words? Just in case. Zero just looks at you and she says, No. Besides with your abilities, they wouldn't necessarily be my last, would they? just kind of curls her nose at that and is let inside
2: um, I would like to note that Alyssa has left a note with Barry of essentially places to find her today because after that interaction she just like again does that whole melding into the shadows of the crowd and just making going off to make her first stop Okay. Which is a small little townhouse somewhere in the Residential District.
1: Okay, we'll get to that in a moment. Barry, is there anything you would like to do immediately upon getting back to town?
4: Um, I... uh, speak to the rice rice farmer whose rice I took uh, before we left. Okay. And I say to him, I will find you at a later time, uh, with the information for your rice plot.
1: He looks at you and we'll say his name is, um, Marlo. And Marlo looks at you and just says, "It is much appreciated. Uh, You've all been so kind, I can't imagine... It. Thank you.
4: You're more than welcome. Ours is a shared fate. If one of us falls, then we all do. As you have seen.
1: And with that, um... is kind of immediately swept away by the townsfolk. And there is this kind of older woman who walks up to him and just says, You're a farmer, huh? You've got the look about you. We've got a few farms around town. We can hire you on. Um, If you need a place to stay, we've got room. Come on. And she sort of takes him by the elbow and leads him away. That said, uh, is there anywhere else you would like to go, Barry? Uh, no. I stay uh,
4: because I am never know I don't necessarily need to sleep anywhere in particular Um, so I just have like a footlocker in the barracks um, next to a bed that often stays empty.
1: Fair enough. True. You watch this festival start almost immediately. The town just sort of comes alive around you and some of the folks approach you saying oh do you need a place to stay, are you looking for help? Because they, they see that your clothing's a little bit different, so they assume that you're just another refugee that was picked up along the way.
0: This is Crestfall, right? Yes. Okay. Oh, um, you know, I'm just here helping my friends, um, get from point A to point B. But thank you for asking.
1: What's your name? Oh, I'm Julia. I, I run the local bakery if you need any food come talk to me Julia is very much this um, it's hard to tell how old she is uh, very elegant elven woman in simple garb um, black hair tied back to keep it out of her face you can tell she absolutely like works the bakery instead of just owns it um, she's got kind of she's buff in the arms and in the shoulders but that's from hours of just working with does and things like that over the years and she uh, basically looks at you and says and if you're looking to help your friends get from point A to point B you may want to consider signing up with the wardens Um,
0: the gleam wardens
1: yes they uh, there are folks who don't appreciate people helping for free around here and the gleam wardens them on as volunteers more to protect them from those folks and she kind of nods her head over to this shorter dwarven man who is walking through the crowd and very boisterous you can see he's wearing what amounts to a victorian tailcoat um with cuffed sleeves and is in a full three-piece suit dwarves in this setting don't grow hair they grow stone and most of it is semi-precious, and you can see he has a beard of chiseled obsidian that goes up into sort of perfectly quaffed obsidian hair as well, and his eyes match. And he is going through, and he's basically saying, if there's any uh, manual laborers or whatever, he's shaking their hands and saying, oh, you should come and work for the mines, you know? We, we provide protection for people. You could also join the house guard and... She Julia appears to not quite approve of this person.
0: Well, the people that I'm I'm traveling with are a bundle of ghillie wardens, so I think that'll probably protect me from that, but I appreciate the lookout. Also, do you make
1: danishes? She uh, looks at you and she just says, Well, we might call it something a little different, but if you come along, I'm sure we can find one for you. She absolutely does make danishes, she just doesn't know them by that name.
0: Okay, well, you know something, if I see something that looks like what I'm looking for, I'll just point it out. But, um, do the bakery and things.
1: (laughs) Lovely. And she just guides you along. Now.
0: I'm gonna have I'm gonna have pastries, okay? That is a thing. Uh, There, here, yeah. There is. I think that's a that's absolutely a thing for Rue. Like it's just let up. What is he doing? Snacking?
2: I mean, what Rue? You must
1: find Rue. Look for the food. Yeah. There,
0: there are two. There, there are two ways to find Rue. Danica has one of them. The other one is, is there a place that has pastries? I mean, Uh,
3: poor
2: man deserves pastries they just got told,
0: hey, have a nice vacation. I'm, I'm on a... i am on I mean, I'm having a vacation technically, by their definition.
3: <laughs>
1: I don't know what you're talking about. Of oh, uh, course not.
3: So, uh,
1: Rue, as you are guided to the bakery, you look across the street from the bakery, and you see what appears to be a cafe or a tea house. And it is... Um, it has this larger sort of Goliath-esque figure, to use the D&D term out front. Um, he's got slightly greenish-gray skin, so possibly a little orcish descent in him as well, and he just says, Alright, any newcomers in town, come on in, we've got free tea, and lunch for everyone! And he's just yelling this across the crowd. Um, he's also drowning out, uh, to his frustration, the Dwarvish Man you saw earlier, and definitely pulling a lot more of the attention. And there is even a point where he wanders away from the tea house a little bit, and you can see he is following the Dwarvish Man through the crowd, purposely drowning him out at some points. And then he returns.
0: Um... I am going to, just for the briefest of moments, just to add to the nonsense. The next time I see him getting ready to shout something, I would like to use some air magic to amplify the sound of his voice. I would like to make him like a good two or three times louder than he normally is.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm not going to make you play a check for this because it's it's a small thing, but it definitely has an effect. And you can see that people people hear about a hot meal and a free lunch, and everybody's mood lightens from this crowd. THC, I'm a ban you.
3: <laughs> oh no, not the ma! Not the ma!
1: Don't make me take your sword away, THC.
2: Uh, <laughs> Put him in timeout!
1: For those wondering, in chat, um, a dear friend just said, Should we call vacation where you seem to be doing spurts of work with small bouts of relaxation or crocation?
2: Hey, if that's your kind of vacation, that's your kind of vacation. No tea, no shade. If that's the appropriate, appropriate application of that phrase.
0: I mean, maybe, maybe, but, you know something? I'm a hush, is what I'm going to do. Please continue.
2: Please, uh, school me on the appropriate application at a further date.
1: Danica, we'll get back Mm -hmm. to you.
3: Okay.
1: You are outside the Triune House. You are welcome to go join the festivities. But word gets around the wardens very quickly that... It is to be an open sentencing. Meaning that this will not be a decision made in private. Glee Wardens are asked to attend should they feel the need. Those of you who are also members of the Wardens would eventually get this message as well. Though, Alyssa, you might get it a little bit late, considering how far away you decide to roam. Barry would absolutely get it almost immediately, because I imagine there's a small stop in at the barracks where you get the call.
2: I mean, Alyssa probably
4: wouldn't care. Fair. Alyssa does not care. That's fair. Um, Barry would turn
1: up. Okay.
3: Danica would too, and then look immediately relieved when she sees Barry.
1: Fair enough. And there's a certain crowd that filters in around you all as well. Now the Triune House looks a bit like a courthouse or like a city council hall, really, where you have a raised dais with a number of seats um, behind a table and the number of seats pertains to the number of luminaries in town. For the audience, Luminaries are the leaders of specific segments of the Gleam Wardens and also a title for leaders of aspects of the town, so, you know, civil engineering and all that jazz. In a U-shape around that is a bunch of seating, and there's sort of a second balcony tier for seating as well. Mostly this comes in handy when they're making public decisions about, you know, new additions to the town and whatnot but in this instance the gleam wardens pack the place and zira is sitting in a chair on the main floor in the middle still bound in those chains so you two settling and you can hear the sounds of the festival going on outside kind of creating this dark almost morbid contrast to what's going on in the building and you see a number of figures walk out. You would recognize Chrysanthus, who is another Navaniad who has basically a head of Chrysanthemum flowers. Um, she walks out and takes her seat at the head of the table. Uh, she is the luminary for the Christex currently you see uh Aster Valeria, the header of the order of Deimara who is um sort of the more how do I put this the public or unaffiliated craftsmen of the town um, so her and uh, Chrysanthia sort of work together frequently you see a younger orcish man who is very clearly uh, an ember orc they have a bit of uh, fire elemental in them he has hair that looks a bit like magma and veins that pulse gold under his darker skin he's kind of a, a slate grey colour and his eyes have sort of a brighter gold molten pupil not pupil Um, iris, pardon me Uh, You would know this as uh, Murdoch Kerr, he's the youngest uh, member of the Luminaries, and he's the head of the Scout Corps. So he would be uh, Zero's direct um, commander, I guess you could say. And then you have uh, a few other people come in who aren't Luminaries, but who have been asked to sit in on things. You have this large we're talking you know 10 foot 12 foot tall half frost giant walk-in uh you would know them as Kellek Kellick and Kellek is a um local civil engineer and he's well known and people tend to take his counsel he's a bit older he's got some gray to the beard and things like that and the luminaries tend to take a lot of his advice for dealing with social issues which is why you imagine he's been invited and then you see uh, an elven woman dark dark black skin hair is very clearly made of jade so she has some dwarvish in her and she has jade eyes as well and her hair is longer tied back shoulder length and she does not walk in she floats in as she is sitting basically side saddle on a levitating sword. That is basically a Buster sword. Um, you would both recognize her as Charlotte Kane, one of the big three. Uh, she appears to be taking sort of. She, she's taking the position of Paris representative in this. So she takes the seat that would normally be his. The sentencing begins, and I'm going to kind of speed through this because uh, it's a court case. They bring up everything that happened. Um, You are not asked to testify. They have everything in written reports, especially from Para, and thanks to that, you don't have to speak during this. But they do acknowledge you to Barry and Danica in the crowd as the people who discovered what was going on. The wardens around you, you know, a few of them pat you on the shoulders. Uh, Danica, one of them grabs your wrist and gives you a squeeze, like, hey, good on you. And they all seem to be on your side in this. The public opinion of Zira tanks very quickly. And there is a point. Where... Chrysanthius is asked to make the announcement, and she stands and she says, Gleam Wardens, one of our own, has been determined a traitor. Just a thief, not just a killer, not just someone who has left those out to the dangers of the world. Or one who has actively encouraged an attack by the Bane Horde. This is a first. And it will be a last. Zira, who is formerly of the clan Dark Fang, you are to be exiled. You'll be given enough food and supplies for a week's travel, and then you will be expected to exit the plateau. And there is this point of silence. And Zero doesn't say anything. But a voice from the Gleam Warden sort of seating area speaks up. One whom you didn't see enter. And you hear, well now, hold on a second just there. Isn't that a bit harsh? Danica, you would recognize this as Farin Telasir. One of the Esper Barons. This was the gentleman who was, uh, who Rue saw speaking to the, you know, laborers out in the festival. And he just says, Now, wardens, I understand your decision, but I would hate to see one punished for ambitions that have been executed poorly. It would be a shame to see such ambition go to waste for lack of sense. Might I offer an alternative? And Chrysantheus kind of quirks an eyebrow. Chrysanthius is known for being, um, not light in her punishments whatsoever, but also not unduly heavy in them either. She tends to be very measured. And she says, make your proposal. And Farron just says, well, it is my understanding that young Zira here is quite an accomplished scout. Therefore, Exile might not be much of a punishment, considering she'd have the ability to survive. So instead... And I know this thoroughly... Let her work for me. After all, the Dark Fangs do have a... notorious dislike for House here, and I'm sure it would certainly Great on her for the rest of her days. She'll be a house guard with no command. No recognition. But she at least will not go to waste. Chrysantheus sort of gives a confused look. And then to confer with the rest of the luminaries.
0: In the background, I would say, Rue is like, what? And then it's kind of like, wait, please don't tell me that this man just showed up here just to be petty and be like, well, you know something, instead of sending you to a lifetime of exile, we're just going to sentence you to a lifetime of spite. You're going to have to wake up every morning and be nice to me. I get to be me, you have to be you, and I don't think I could have asked for better revenge than this.
2: I mean... Is Spite its own exile?
1: Danica or Rue? Actually no, Danica or Barry, pardon me, since you two are the ones more actively involved in this. One of you decide. Black or red?
3: White, bed, or the boys bet on black. on black. All right. The
4: man said
2: it. Is that a red? That is a red. It is.
1: After a few minutes of conferring with each other, Rosanthes stands and looks over at Farron and says, "While we appreciate your input." this is warden business Zeros to remain exiled the sentence will be carried out in a day's time from the brink by para good luck And Chrysanthius says that directly making eye contact to Zira. Dismissed. And Chrysanthius steps away and the luminaries step away. And the wardens speak to each other a little bit in the stands and start to filter out. Danica, Barry, Rue, is there anything any of you would like to do? Um, what does espionage do? Uh, espionage is, you know, stealth, s- stealth, it's stealth, but also it is attempting to learn information, attempting to not be noticed, sneaking around and doing things, you know, your general eavesdropping, flipping through documents, breaking and entering, that sort of thing.
0: Um, because I would, like, there you go, like, I'm not a telepath, I don't think I can read minds here, but I would like to figure out what. Um, Aaron's intentions were
1: okay. Uh, Farron is with a few of his house guards outside, and um, yeah, so I'll ask you to make an espionage check. What's your skill level for this? One, one, mm-hmm. okay. I'm gonna set this at a one because he's not really hiding anything. If that makes sense, he's just he is who he is. Alright.
0: Um uh, we have here a jack of diamonds.
1: I have here a two of diamonds, so you win. Um uh, So, you sort of step out into the entryway and you can overhear his somewhat frustrated commentary to his house guards as mm, well seems we'll have to find someone else to work security for the upcoming event. Let's just see if we can wrangle some of the newcomers, I suppose. Anyone good with a blade? I know the wardens won't volunteer, I'll have to ask. Well, on to business then. And his guards sort of flank him and they start going through the crowd.
0: An event, you mean like basically the party that the town is currently having?
1: No, it seems he was referencing something else. But you don't get much more information than that.
4: Hmm. I feel like Rue was just standing right next to him with a fan over his over his face. He was just like standing right next to the to the Esper Baron, going
1: <laughs> Possibly.
2: Like, how shady does this man have to be to try and take an exile?
1: I mean, there was a certain degree of spite there, but a certain degree of uh, necessity as well, it seems.
0: Well, there seems to be spite there, but, like, thinking about this, I'm just kind of, you know… Actually, hold on, let me see if I can get the prop. Give me a second.
4: Um, in the meantime, uh, uh, can, can I uh, retroactively uh, requisition Zero before her sentencing? Uh, sorry, not before her sentencing, but before uh, she is actually exiled. Yes. Um, so that we can retrieve this Ether uh, Crystal.
0: Oh, um, so there was something mentioned at the beginning of session that basically says we went and retrieved that off screen.
1: Yeah, you you would have had more than enough time to do that. I would like to
0: requisition that that Ethan crystal.
1: Oh, uh, very well. That'll take a little bit of paperwork. Um, You'll have to go to the barracks and fill that out.
4: I have proficiency in politics for this very reason.
1: Then you're more than (laughs) able to speed along this bureaucracy and uh, requisition the crystal. Um, now, for me, it's a, uh,
0: hmm, interesting dynamic, because if this were to be sentenced where she were to work in the city, this wouldn't be just spite for her, it would be spite for her brother, too. Why does this man have such a dislike for this family? I'm curious, but also, it's I mean, that I time it's- in June.
2: No, I was just like, out of character. He said it himself. Both houses have hated each other. For what purpose we don't
0: know? No, that's the part that I want to know. Like, what? what is the reason? But you want to know what? Julia said that she was going to make me a Danish, and I don't think I've gotten that Danish yet.
1: No, she would have uh, offered to make you a fresh one, so... Would take a bit of time. Oh. Hmm. Uh, Barry, you're more than able to get that crystal, and uh, I assume you just stow it for working on it later. Mm Mm-hmm. Very well. Alyssa. Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We have been away from you for a little bit. You said you were heading to a small townhouse in the residential quarter.
2: Yes, that's one of the two places that is on the list of where Barry can find Alyssa. Barry is
3: in search of her
1: So, my question is, are you going to visit them? Yes. Okay. So, you walk through sort of a quieter portion of town. Most of the people have been drawn towards the city center. And as you're going... Red or black?
2: Mm, That's a 50-50 either way. I will have to say red. Oh. What did I get? Don't you just give me that head nod after you showed everybody else.
1: You got a red. So, as you are going, I imagine there's a bit of a desire to back out of this decision. Um, And as you're going, you turn a corner onto the street where you know this townhouse is, and you are about to turn back around and leave when you bump into someone. And he says, Oh, I'm so sorry, dear. Uh, Oh, Melissa. Well, I'm glad you're back. You, you... is that what the ruckus has been in town? Oh, you have to come home. Urta will be absolutely overjoyed to see you, and this is Sydney. This would be Aegon's dad. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Of course I had to run into the death.
1: And he just says, if you're not busy, come, come on home, say hi. And you just hear in your ear Do you really think he'd be able to get away?
2: And Alyssa just very quietly under her breath Not "My her father has a school." And she just like lets that trail off <laughs> Uh
1: For your knowledge Um His father is an Aethling Who effectively Um
2: Very enthusiastic Handle a thing. And
1: she remembers nearly getting her hand crushed once. Yeah, he's he, he's an eighthling, not in appearance. He he looks like he might be half-elvish, but he has a freakish level of strength to him um, as his sort of magical mutation. Uh, Berta, on the other hand, is a small uh, gnomish woman and uh, is very much overjoyed to see you. And you walk in, she says... Oh, it is so nice to have you back again, Alyssa. Come in, come in, come in. And she just gives you a big hug. And it is... It is that sense of... I imagine Alyssa feels they are almost... Too happy to see her.
2: It's always that uncomfortable. It's like, just very uncomfortable. It's half the reason why Alyssa always turns around whenever she tries to make her stop here. Mm Mm-hmm. Or just usually just takes off a particular jewelry item, drops it behind the gate, and ditches.
1: Now, as you are brought in, uh, their house is fairly small. Um, you're brought to sit basically at their kitchen table, and they ask you, you know, questions about how the expedition went, and so on and so forth, and all the things that happened. Um, they ask you if you've been taking care of yourself, if you've been eating well, um, they go full parent. Um, There is a point, however, where you hear footsteps from the second floor come down, and you see um, who is uh, Aegon's younger brother, Jasper, Uh and he sees you, stops, just kind of gives a nod, pulls on his coat, and walks out. And Berta looks at you and says, Oh, I'm sorry about him. It's, uh, We, we understand why you're still wearing the mask, but for him, it's still just a reminder. So come around.
2: Don't expect anyone to come around. It is fine. Um, Alyssa just, like, as she's talking, is just, like, fiddling with the clasp of the pendant and just, like, gets it unhooked at that and starts to, like... She, like, fishes through her shirt and just neatly piles it in and just sets it on the table. I'll leave him here. I I need to get back to work at the cafe. It's, It's been a while. The
1: festival and refugees and they're going to need hands in the kitchen Signey okay. just looks at you and he just says oh, hold on a second I don't know why you're leaving this here for us that was a gift to you
2: just, just please it's fine I think and like Alyssa's already on her way out
1: I'll come back for it later, just take care of it. Okay. And you leave your pendant behind. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, moving on from that. Danica. Mm-hmm. We're going to rewind a moment. As you exit the house after the sentencing you look around and you see Charlotte King, whom you've never interacted with before but she is staring at you intently and she's wearing um similar to Farron she's wearing sort of that uh, Victorian tailcoat suit however hers is unbuttoned the sleeves are pushed up on the jacket a little bit she is floating again side saddle on this massive blade and, you know, the shirt's unbuttoned and she's just sort of staring at you kind of like she recognizes you but kind of not and she floats over to you and she just says Sorry, darling Have I danced with you at a party before? I could swear I know you
3: Um (laughs) You, I mean, I'm sure you've looked at my sister's face enough.
1: Yes. Oh, you're Leona's little sister. That explains it.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's me, Danica. Danica's Dolcetto.
1: Oh. I'm glad to see someone else in the family. Got the looks and the brains. And she shakes your hand.
3: Uh, uh, thank you, and, um, even in fo- the, her fogged brain, there's a little… her uh, freckles definitely darken a little bit with the blush.
1: And Charlotte just says, well, I'll be in town a little bit, so, um, if you'd like to dance at a party later this evening, come find me. And she actually just floats off, silently.
3: I just stand there for a second. I was, and I just say, "As fun as that be, I'm not in the mood for my sister to kick my ass."
1: Now, for a point, I'll say, I... you would know, um, just to explain that Charlotte specializes in gravity magic, explaining the sword levitating." But also the fact that she can't really use her abilities outside of that in a populated area. Um and Charla and your sister have had some long-running competitions. Um for the most part, it's been your sister getting one up by Charla left and right. So. Uh Danica. Mm-hmm. I hate to do this to you, but black or red. Oh
3: god damn
1: it! You know Um, what's coming.
3: You you set this up. I did. Black.
1: I pulled the seven of clubs.
0: So I'm going to ask be. I hate to be an inconvenience. I hate to be a bother. I truly do. But also I did ask for this pain that I'm about to suffer. (laughs)
1: So, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a decision. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Would you, or would you not, like to run into your sister at this point? I would. Okay. So, uh, as you're standing there somewhat flustered drifting through the crowd, You feel an arm wrap around your shoulders and say, Hey, sis, how you doing?
3: Leo, hi.
1: So, uh, expedition went well, I see.
3: Uh, you could say that.
1: Now, Leo is most likely a bit more lithe than Danica, I imagine, because it's not as, uh, Leo doesn't do as much consistent work as Danica. Mm -hmm, uh, But she's taller. She's definitely taller. She's got the same uh, kind of red curly hair as Danica, but I think Leon—I think Leo would keep it cut a bit shorter, um, possibly. And she's got this mischievous grin on her, and she just says, "So, I see you met Charlotte, huh? And how did that go?" She
3: offered to uh, dance with me.
1: (laughs) <laughs> you better bring shut a sword up. then
3: shut up and kind of shove her off
1: what I'm not allowed to tease my younger sister come on <laughs>
3: <laughs> and instead of saying anything I kind of um rushed her with a hug Ooh. okay there
1: we go there it is and like... I imagine you're doing that thing where you're squeezing her a little bit too hard to get her to shut up. Yeah. And she's just like, okay, that's the ribs, all right. And she like, pats you on the back of the head, she's just, and like, basically taps out. When when you let her go, she's like, ugh.
3: And she can see I'm crying now.
1: And she's just like, hey, buddy. Steers for, come on, come on, and she like gives you a genuine hug this time and just lets you like bury into her chest a little bit, and she just says, we alright?" No. You look a little. Come on, let... place a... place around the corners, giving out lunch. Come on, let's let's go grab a bite. Who to help? And she kind of guides you over to that tea house that Rue saw earlier.
3: And then it's kind of like on the way there it's word vomit just word vomit
1: just explaining everything that happened
3: yeah
1: yeah and leo probably like just this time around the shoulders is walking with you uh with her arm around you and she basically says oh buddy that that's rough that uh, i'm sorry about Zira. leo is not the emotional support type no she's not she really isn't but she's also probably the person that is best for you to see at this point because I don't think Danica could handle an emotional support person right now um you're gonna have to support a lot of emotions (laughs) yeah it's it's that thing of like she's the perfect person for you to talk to because you know she won't fawn over you if that makes sense
3: yeah yeah
1: um and she just says well (laughs) All right, let let's get in here. Let me let me get you some food so that you can kind of set yourself to rights. So, and as she guides you in, you see um, this very brightly clad figure. I'll say who is swathed in various colors of paisley uh, is the best I could explain it. They are wearing a bright paisley vest that is purples and golds, and then they are underneath it wearing a separate paisley shirt that is like a button-up shirt. They look a little bit like a butler, but a butler who someone drowned in patterns. Um, and they are uh, Chowder
2: called. They want their uh, they want their moving their their stationary patterns back.
1: <laughs> Basically. And it's sort of this patchwork of different color variations going on. Um, like, their their vest is this purple and gold, but the shirt underneath it is in blues and whites. And the trousers match the shirt, but doesn't match the vest. And it's all very odd, but it works on them. And you can see they're wearing this very bright gold uh, eyeshadow and eyeliner. And they... Uh... Sorry, Sid, you got timed out. Uh... Hold on just a second. There. You should be good now. So... You walk in and you see that they have a set of snake eyes. Um, And they have a variety of piercings in their right ear, but none in the left. They're wearing a necklace. They are uh, very... Very bright and done up for this smallish town, I guess you could say. Uh, And their name is Kynos. And they are very clearly the proprietor of the place because they're directing the servers around. And Kynos sees you come in with, like, tears somewhat streaming down your face. And they just say, oh, no, 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 no. Come here, you. And, like, they actually, like, take your face in their hands and look you in the eye. And she says, or they say, no, 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 let me see you. Mmm, you have seen entirely too much over this trip. You need tea. <laughs> and lets your face go and then marches back behind the bar and basically says, All right, this one's on the house. And uh, Kainos looks at Leona and just says, You're still going to have to do some work to pay off your last tab. And Leona is just like, like shrinks a little bit. <laughs> And Kaidos just looks at her and says, Oh, don't give me that. Last time you broke one of my tables. I remember. And just points as, like, one hand is pointing at Leona and calling her out. The left hand is brewing tea. Like, it is... There is just muscle memory motion going on. And we just... Or they look over at you and kind of give you a once-over and they say, Lavender and Jasmine it is. Without even asking you what you wanted, they are more prescribing you tea at this point. And they go and make a blend and serve it to you. And then they say, I'll be back with food in a moment. And very much the way Sin walks off camera, walks away. (laughs) So they
0: flash is what you're saying. They They, they flash it.
1: they, They strut. They
3: strut. So you Uh, broke a table. What would mom say?
1: It was an arm wrestling competition. I'm still telling mom. You do no such thing.
3: Oh, what are you, the boss of me?
0: Has Danica kept, um, I'm assuming, because this hasn't happened, that Danica still has my practice sword? And Mm -hmm. with that, um, Sir DM. I have a question I would like to ask you, but I will send this to you in a written form.
4: Oh. Oh, no. oh wait.
2: Uh, I think at this point, I would imagine, uh, as Kynos walks into the kitchen, she would probably, like, slip in to her usual spot. Okay. Uh, Trying very hurriedly to get rid of the veil and uh, mask.
1: Oh, she's trying to get rid of them.
2: Yes, she never really works with them in the back. I think we've gone over this before.
1: I don't remember, but that because might just be me.
2: It usually, I think I think we have it where usually in the back, she typically just works with the three other
1: right, survivors. Right. Right. So um, yeah. I'll
0: That facial expression tells me uh, a lot of
1: questions. <laughs> okay, then yes.
0: Okay, good to know. Thank you very much.
1: Uh, so, Alyssa, you slip into the back and Kainos has just come back to get a plate of food and Kainos sees you and he says, Oh, so glad you could join us. Going to be a pretty busy day, so prepare the larger pots, we're going to need to make some rounds of soup for people. And uh they also stop at the door and they're just like, and we should start making some pasta. that will get people fed. Yeah. And then goes back out with the plate of food. So Brew. Uh having answered your question, is there anything you would like to do or anything you would prefer to happen right now?
0: Wait, what's happening?
1: Uh, Rue, I, I asked you, having answered your question, is there anything you would like to do or anything specific you would like to happen currently?
0: Oh, not yet. It is... This is just an, a point of awareness for things that will happen later, I'm sure. Very well. Yeah, you know, once, we once we get the gang back together.
1: Very well. All right. So at this point in time, we're hitting a little bit of downtime, and it is just about time for us to finish up so I'm going to say I would like Who hasn't done one of these I think Ruth. has anyone not made a red or black call this evening
2: no we've all made our red or black calls
1: alright
0: I don't actually I don't think I have
2: oh wait no you haven't
0: no you haven't I have not. Yeah. Red or black? Yes. Um, Also black.
1: A nine of spades. No. In that case. (laughs) Oh, God. I'm I'm trying to decide exactly what I want to happen. I will say. Rue, as you are in the bakery, you encounter this very interesting figure. Interesting because he is not dressed quite like anybody in town. He has very much got an outsider's garb to him, the same way you do, but in a different vein. Mm-hmm. He's wearing this wide-brimmed hat, a pair of horn-rimmed glasses. He has sharp and pale elven features. And is wearing something of an overcoat despite the temperate weather. And he steps in and he orders what amounts to um basically a croissant. And he turns to you, tilts his head, and he just says, Ooh. Well aren't you interesting?
0: Well, about as interesting as anyone else here, I suppose.
1: Hardly. It's been a while since I've met a Dreamwalker, but you do have the look about you.
0: Oh, do you mean, like, the fashion sense? Most of that I got from older forms of television.
1: Hmm, and he just kind of This figure smirks at you from beneath the brim of their hat and he just says No The, The magic, it's To certain people it leaves a bit of an effect It's been a while though I'm glad I could encounter you And he holds out a hand but does almost a half bow in a very regal Sense, I guess, that is very out of place. It, it would almost be like beating someone who curtsies to you for being their pizza guy.
0: Ah, um. Well, I am
1: glad I could be a assistant. And he just shakes your hand lightly and he says, You can call me Vinat.
0: Vinat. Well, the not, my name is Rue. It's nice to meet you.
1: I I assure you, the pleasure is mine, Rue. You've brought back some very pleasant memories. Well, what brings you here to Crestfall? Oh, I'm the town doctor. I, uh, the unaffiliated with the Claybordons doctor, since some don't always like to go to the official.
0: Hmm, I can understand that. Um, would you perhaps care to have whatever it is that you're ordering while I have a Danish? I do believe I would. Although, for some reason, they don't call those Danishes here. I never did figure out what they did call them, but eventually I was able
1: to explain, at least. (laughs) That's alright. Cristal is, um, how do you say, a sheltered place. They don't exactly create terms for things they don't need. Then Mm -hmm. again, it's been a few hundred years since I've heard anyone call it a Danish, so. And he just takes a bite of his croissant.
0: Well, like, from what I can tell of his own, like, um, being an elf, he's probably also like one of the races that have like lived for a very long time. You know Or what I know that like okay in this universe are elves really long lived, or is there one of these you look elvish, but elves don't normally live that long. What's happening
1: here? You immediately get the sense of what's happening here. Um one more red or black check. You 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 have the sense that, like... Yes, this person's an elf. Yes, they're maybe a little bit longer-lived than the average person. You know, they might hit 100 or 120. But talking multiple centuries is a little bit... Eh.
0: I'll take a red here.
1: You guessed correctly. As he's speaking, you notice Vinat has a set of elongated incisors. Hmm. And he just says, You have to walk with me, Rue.
0: Well, I suppose this is a good night for one. The temperature around here seems to be very pleasant. Unusually mm. so.
1: It always is. Spring every day in Crestfall, my friend. Hmm. Why is
0: that exactly?
1: It's a, um, side effect of the crystal. It produces so much magic that it actually alters the atmosphere around it for a certain radius. The radius is a little bit farther than the edge of the plateau. No one quite understands it yet, I haven't spent too much time studying it, I'm more into the medical sciences and magics, of course, but Mm -hmm. I do know it has been a point of frustration for some Mm mages.
0: Frustrations for just doing your studies? Seems a bit unusual.
1: Frustrations because no one's been able to understand it yet. No, not for lack of trying. The crystal is a bit of a marvel, really. I've been here, or at least in the area, some 300 years now. and Still no one's quite cracked the secret yet. And I don't think it'll be for quite a long time.
0: That is a long time to be somewhere. That's a long time for almost anyone to be somewhere.
1: indeed not so odd for a vampire in residence i would think and he says hmm. the word he says the words vampires in residence out in the open like you are effectively like in the middle of a crowded bakery everyone is fine some people nod to him and say hi and blah 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 and it's just
0: that's a very normal thing around here
1: yep Just a very normal thing. Yep, that's Vinat the Vampire. He just lives in town. He's a doctor, (laughs) you know. That is the way it appears to be. And Vinat finishes his croissant and he just says, well, would you need assistance? Or perhaps if you're looking for some work that the wardens have been a little bit wary to take lately. You stop by my. Of office. What
0: of what kind? If you don't mind my asking.
1: A bit of a retrieval. But well, from an area that has questionable rates of survival.
0: Well, I suppose you wouldn't have asked um, you wouldn't have asked me if it weren't um, such a thing. So that works. But also, I believe I owe you a walk. Although, if you don't mind, I do have a question for you. Please.
1: And he starts walking so, with you.
0: Do you just me, by the way, um walking with this person, sleeves in hand like this, because of course I am. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, There was a certain thing you mentioned, a magic magic signature, if you will, that you noticed me by. Is that just from having so many years of exposure to people who are lucid dreamers?
1: I had a dear friend, um, 250 years ago. They shared some of your abilities, and over time, I've encountered a few others, and I've noticed two certain magical individuals, such as myself and others, over time, you start to notice, How do I put it, you all have a certain vibrance to you. Brighter smiles, brighter eyes... My theory is you blur the boundaries between the imagined and the real so frequently that both become a bit more vivid due to your magic. You stand out a bit. Hmm. Are
0: there other people who are able to see things the way that you do?
1: Oh, if you met someone with my particular age and experience, I'm sure they might put the same information together. Perhaps those with specific magical sight might be able to manage as well, though I'm quite unsure. However, this is my stop, unfortunately, and you've stopped outside a very small uh, shop with a simple sign that has a um, a standard caduceus uh, twirled around a staff on it. And he just says, I have enjoyed meeting Yuru. I do hope we get to talk some other time.
0: Well, considering how pleasant this meeting has been, I don't see why not, especially since I'm on a vacation.
1: Ah, well, you've selected a good place for it. Hmm,
0: I think it would probably be better to say that this place chose me.
1: He grins at that and he just says, I'm quite aware of the feeling. Good day, bro. And he slides a small iron key into the lock, unlocks the door and steps inside.
0: And there's a, like an ever so like light or polite, huh? Good night, that. And then just walking in, like walking back toward like the crowd and things and musing on the experience. Perhaps and- I should visit this person at some point. I mean, it's dangerous, but what else are we going to do around here? People are in jail. It's not like we're leaving anytime soon. And as long as they don't do anything else or someone else doesn't come around here stealing a beacon, I could run into the Bane horde or anything. And Eventually, they're going to send me out for supplies because I'm going to eat up all their snacks.
1: You're not wrong. (laughs) Eventually.
2: Eventually. Mm.
1: We are going to have a single more scene before I wrap up. Oh, no. Panika.
2: We're going to
1: fast forward a little bit. The evening goes off without a hitch. You have your meal. Leo comforts you as best she can. (laughs) Uh, um, And looks out for you. But you find yourself sleeping soundly. And you find yourself dreaming. What is it you would like to be dreaming of? And I will say the only thing that would, the only thing I will add to this dream currently is that it is a pleasant dream. Take from that what you will.
3: Okay, so, um, uh, probably to decompress, she'd be in her, not the forge or the furnace, but she'd be, um, in the usual place that's outside the door, which is just this, field of wildflowers. But looking up at like a, like a sunset kind of colored sky and pinks and purples and oranges. Just looking up, uh, watching.
1: And as you're sitting there watching, from behind you against the post of the door, you hear a slight knock. And A voice just calls out and says... Am I interrupting? Um...
3: uh, Just kind of scrambles. Yeah, to sit up and look
1: back. As you see a familiar figure. Um, you would see... Cloaked in greens and golds with golden hair that is... Not quite wild, but not quite tame either. It sort of just sweeps back of its own accord and over their ears and slightly in front of their eyes. Um, Their eyes are a inhuman, bright, vibrant shade of green. And they come to you carrying what looks to be a bouquet of flowers. Not wild flowers, but something of a deep kind of sapphire blue With a closed bulb, currently. Maybe almost like tulips, but not of any kind you've ever seen. And they just say, I see you've finally found some rest.
3: Uh, If you can call it that, yeah. Uh.
1: May I join you, Danica? Uh,
3: sure. Kind of makes way for, like, an extra seat and scooches over.
1: They come Um, over. Need to keep switching voices quickly. Ah! (laughs) They come over and sit down next to you. And they pass you the bouquet. And they say... I thought these might brighten things up a bit. And <laughs> as you grab the bouquet, you see the bulbs all open once you touch them. And they are not, in fact, bulbs, but they are a set of butterflies that take off and start swirling around the two of you.
3: Uh, uh, thank you. <laughs>
1: You're <clears throat> welcome. I could tell from the Blade that you've been through a bit of a battle recently. Are you alright?
3: Physically, yeah.
1: Hmm. Well. Let me just assure you, that for at least tonight, you'll dream well. So, I do have work, so I can't stay for long. And they just tilt and, like, kind of rest their forehead against yours for a second.
3: I mean, I'll take what I can get.
1: And they just say, You always create the most beautiful sunsets. And that is where we will call the evening.
2: (sighs) Flight lore drops for both Danica and Alyssa, it seems.
1: Ah. I did warn you this would be an an emotionally hitting session for Danica. Nah,
0: um, Crow said he was coming for y'all last week.
2: Gro did, did not need to pull Alyssa into this. I was assuming this was just gonna be all Danica punches. <laughs> Excuse
3: I
1: got, me. I got two hours to fill.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, uh thank you for watching everyone who joined us. Um I'm so glad uh we could have a more downtimey emotional session like that. That was quite fun in my opinion. <laughs> Um, and we have the option of multiple possible adventures going forward now. So, uh, thank you so much everyone. Thank you to all of you for playing as well. And let's just go in, uh, overlay order. So it'll be Sin, Rainy, Ro, and Nins. Tell people where they can find you, how to find you, what you do, all the shenanigans.
0: Honestly speaking, y'all shouldn't do anything that I'm about to tell you. But if you want to watch me be on Twitch and um, stream multiplayer shenanigans, RPGs, and other story-related things, you can find me on Mondays and Tuesdays here at Cinziac. You can also find me on Twitter at Cinziac Beta, where you will find me talking about game design things and telling people not to be terrible and or talking about other cool things that myself and my friends are doing. And that's everything from both me, um, and the character that I play, also known as Rue. Who may or may not be luring themselves headlong into danger. Oh
2: no. (laughs) It it sounds like a Rue thing at this point. I mean, the tall buildings, the perches, so on such forth. Hello, um, once again, I am Rainy. Uh, You can find me here at Twitch uh, for Rainy Keys, where I stream art, the occasional game, and usually it's just chaotic screaming. Um, You can also find me on Twitter at Rained Keys, where there's more of the chaotic screaming, but less frequent than my Twitch. Um, I play the character Alyssa Vesper once again, and yeah, have a good night, (laughs) y'all.
3: And I am Monroe. y'all can catch me on Twitter at Monroro 98. I'm an artist, I'm a game designer and a writer working on some really cool projects right now actually that I'm really excited to be doing to be a part of. Uh, yeah, and I play the wonderful, uh, the wonderful uh, Danica Dolcetta here. So thank you. Um
4: hi, I've been late, but you can find me at numbuns on Twitter. I appear in places, somewhere, sometimes. I do things <laughs> somewhere, sometimes. Um, and I play the, the wonderful helpfulness that is Barry. Very, Barry very Supplesticks.
1: Love
4: them very much.
1: And last but not least, I am Eric, a.k.a. Eldritch Crow. I've been your host for the evening. Um, you can find me at Eldritch Crow on Twitter. Uh, I stream here every other Wednesday and then every Saturday and Sunday doing various things as well. And then uh, on you know offset Wednesdays, you can find me on RPG Hour's channel playing Routes Unknown with Rainy as well, uh, where we play a Monster of the Week stream, which is quite fun. Um that said, as always this episode is brought to you by RPG Hour and by Sirenscape, which I was using throughout the episode. So do go check both of them out along the way. You can find RPG hour through the cast link as well. Thank you so much for watching everyone. And you have a wonderful week. And
3: there we go.